0: Hey guys, guys. welcome back to Mermaid City Broads. I'm Allie and I'm Mariah and we know that we promised you guys that this episode would be about self-love and uh, what to do with yourself after you get out of a toxic relationship or really any relationship for that matter. We were supposed to have a guest for you guys, Preston, and uh, we did record that episode with him. We had some great conversation about it, but unfortunately that file got destroyed with a surge in my Computer. So, dun, dun, dun. I know we don't have that episode for you guys, and I'm really sorry. Um, but we will have Preston back on, and he's gonna come back and talk about self love after you get out of a relationship.
1: So, um, aside from that unfortunate news, today we're gonna talk to you guys instead about um, knowing yourself sexually, when to have sex with a Asam- <laughs> <laughs> um, when knowing yourself sexually when a good time is to sleep with the person you're dating whether it's on the first date or a little bit after um kind of what happens if you do or if you don't have sex on the first date as well as stigmas surrounding um all that all of that sex in general sex on the first date and knowing your sexuality yeah and uh how to know that you're enjoying sex with your partner, making Mm -hmm. sure
0: that you guys um, are on the same wavelength sexually as well. Um, There is a ton of stigma attached to knowing yourself sexually. I mean, I know for me personally, I was never taught about masturbation or learning how to like pleasure myself or anything like that. I mean, it was like glanced over in textbooks and stuff like that. Um, But I was never really uh, encouraged to do that, uh, which I, I feel like everybody should be, but I, I kind of started figuring it out myself around 13, 14 years old, and now I can uh, take care of myself.
1: <laughs> well, and. Don't eat no man. It's not only that we weren't educated about it, it's the fact that, like, we weren't allowed to talk about it. Right. It was something that.
0: Boys are allowed to talk about it. Yeah, you know, your dad gets you your first nudie mag and you high-five about it and it's all over mainstream media. You know, they introduce you to Pornhub, whatever, but girls are just supposed to keep their sexuality closeted, which is, um, I feel, like more old-fashioned thinking.
1: 100%, but I mean, but we're I, stuck I, in the past.
0: <laughs> yes, we are. There's still, um, th- that stigma bleeds into n- not just like, extremely older generations but you know even as old of a generation as just our parents um, they still have a lot of stigma attached to that too but there is something important to be said for knowing yourself sexually you know you you know what hurts you know what feels good you know when something is invading your space and it's not even just about like pleasure it's about your health and your safety, you know, if something's wrong and you don't know your sexual organs, how are you supposed to know if if something is wrong? Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) Well, and it's not even just about, um, the actual act of intercourse. It's about spending time together. It's about cuddling, kissing, hugging, holding hands. Yeah. All of that stuff. You need to know what you like. You need to know how to voice voice what you want and i think that's um something that a lot of females and some males have a huge very hard time with um Definitely. i know i do and i think i've grown over the past, past few years so i've gotten a lot better about that but uh i think it's just really important to be confident in yourself yeah, and and explore your own body so that you know that you know what you like and
0: girls grab a mirror grab a mirror <laughs> You gotta know what it looks like at least. You Please. Know. Draw a diagram. Yeah. Or ask a trusted adult if you're not adult <laughs> enough to know your own vagina. It's okay. Or your own penis. It's all good. <laughs> There's no judgment here. Um, but there definitely is a lot of uh, n- negative conversation when it comes to um, experiencing pleasure. When it comes to sex, not just that sex is for procreation or sex is for people who are married and extremely committed to each other. We all know that, um, eyes are opening, that there are different levels of sexuality and commitment within relationships. Um, but there's also a lot of stigma on not only having sex, but when you decide to have sex, um, and not talking your virginity here, just like in a relationship relationship, or, you know, in a dating, in the dating world. Um, Some common stigmas that I come across are, you know, if if you have sex on the first date, that means you're a whore. They're not going to call you. It was too easy. Mm -hmm. You know, you were just there for, you know, uh, someone to uh, spend the time with, basically.
1: And if you don't have sex on the first date, you're a prude. You don't put out. They don't like you. You don't hear from them. Yeah. It's like you don't get a call back if you don't have sex on the first date, and you don't if you do. Yeah. Only if they...
0: Completely fall in love with you has basically been what the experience for me has been. You know, because I've done both. I've had sex on the first date, and sometimes they they call you back. But for most of those people, it, they ended up being you know I was dating them casually, and now they're good friends of mine. And they all have girlfriends, and we don't think think of each other that way anymore. But on the other hand. When I have had what seems like one of the greatest dates, you know, you have a great time. You really connect with them. You don't want to let them have it all. The first night you want to see where it goes, then they're uninterested in you. And unfortunately. Unfortunately. Yeah. And what's the, you know, then what's the point? It seems like. So I feel like there's no reason to have a stigma because either way, most of the time they don't call you back. Either way, you're screwed. Either way, you're fucked. You're not, not getting literally. a second date. Oh, I get Yeah, you're not fucked. You're
1: not literally. You're left edging. <laughs> That's been a common topic today. It has been. Um, we just sit here and talk about edging. We do. With each other. We do. To edge each other. We don't edge each other. <laughs> I was going to say, though, um, I've had situations on the first date, if I did sleep with them on the first date, they're like, oh, do you do that often? Why is is that that, your business? Is this like a common occurrence for you? And I'm like, then why did you do it? Why did you pressure me into
0: doing it? Yeah. Or why does it even fucking matter in the first place? Because anything that I did with anybody else has no reference to what I'm doing with you. And
1: you're welcome. Yeah. You are welcome. You are welcome.
0: For rocking your fucking world. Okay. When I didn't get anything out of it. Exactly. I definitely didn't come. (laughs) Let's be real. If if you're someone who's dated me and you're in your twenties and maybe early thirties, you definitely didn't make me come. So, Well, and it
1: is hard because like you said earlier, um, the situations you find yourself in where you're just sleeping with someone casually and it's just like a friends with benefits type thing. Usually that happens because you go out with someone on a date and then you sleep with them and then that's just what's expected. Yeah. I talk about this with my therapist all the time. It's like you're setting the precedent for the relationship to be what it is that first day. I I like that. That's
0: that's a really good way to look at it honestly because what you give out you get back mm-hmm. most of the time. Mm-hmm. And of course, us being part of the hookup culture, which we'll discuss on another episode, um we are kind of stuck in the reality of what we actually do, which is a lot of the times we, you know, meet people out and we hook up or we just start, you know, sleeping with our friends and it's casual. Or, you know, you meet somebody organically and you don't define the relationship, at, if at all, you know. Ever. Ever. Um, and you're kind of stuck on this wavelength of, okay, I shouldn't be having sex at all because I'm not with this person, but I want to have sex with this person. And now all I'm doing is having sex with this person, but I'm not getting the relationship
1: out of it. And then you're, you're scared to kind of bring it up and you, you don't know how to bring it up. You know, you don't know how to talk about what you want. Yeah. Which we talked about in the last episode, too. Right.
0: Expressing your voice and making sure that you're clear on your values. And your intentions. Yeah, for sure. But all of that aside, you know, everybody's going to have something to say about what you do. So if you don't want anybody to say anything, don't tell anybody. But no matter what people think... You need to make sure that you're having sex for the right reasons, that you're there, you know, and the right reasons are different to everybody. Some, it could be for pleasure. It could be for love. It could be for exploration, but make sure that it's something that you want to do and that you're comfortable exploring. And then everybody else's opinion really shouldn't matter. You can have sex whenever you want to.
1: Especially the person's opinion whom you're sleeping with. Yeah. Why do you care? I'm sleeping with you anyway. I'm naked <laughs> and ready to go. <laughs> if you have something to say, you should have said it an hour ago. But well, now is not the time. It's like they put their morals aside for like that five, five minutes. The <laughs> five minutes? And then they're like, oh, like. Oh, my God. It usually is five minutes. It's, it's five the worst. Minutes. They're like, do you, is this? do you like always do, do that? Do Are no. you that easy? Okay. Well, I'm just never going to talk to you again.
0: It's cool. You didn't make me come anyway. So <laughs> it's cool. You have bad breath. Um, and yeah, so the stigma aside, you can have sex whenever you want to have sex. The people who judge you don't fucking matter really. Uh, but it's different for sure. Having sex with somebody you just met or that you just started to date and getting comfortable with them and making sure that, you know, y'all are on the same wavelength. Cause that's really difficult because you don't know that person. Um, but it also makes it a little easier in that if something goes wrong or if it's something that you don't like, you don't have to see them again if you don't want to Truth. or you don't have any real emotional connection to them. So, I mean, you might have an emotional connection to them, but you're not you know, committed to them. You're not involved really in their life. So it doesn't make it as difficult uh, to detach yourself from that if need be. But if you're in a relationship and you guys aren't on the same wavelength sexually, you don't know what each other likes or you haven't had that discussion, it can make it really difficult to, A, enjoy sex at all or, you know, really enjoy your relationship to the fullest.
1: Well, and if you're not – if you're voicing how you feel about a situation and you're not being listened to, that's a whole whole other story. Yeah, I Um, agree. Because that just involves, you know – the fact that your partner's a shitty listener and, or maybe you don't know how to communicate very well. Right. But I think you make sure, sorry, you need to
0: make sure that they understand what, what you are saying, that they really fully know what you mean
1: and be clear about it. Don't just like dance around hoping they'll read your mind. Um, cause that's just going to, tear your relationship apart. One of our listeners um, gave us some feedback about her relationship with her boyfriend and how she doesn't really enjoy their sex life. She feels like she's not... She said she, she you know, voices her opinion about it and mm-hmm. he just doesn't get it. Yeah, He's and not, she loves him. And they, yeah. they've been dating for, I think, like a year and a half or something like about, that.
0: like two years. Yeah, something, something close that. to that. And, you know, she said... She mentioned how he always wants to turn the lights off and just go for it. No foreplay, no nothing, just kind of, like, get right to it. Like, put, strips his pants down and is ready to go. And But he's also very sensual and respectful about it. It's not like an make, attack. Yeah, he wants to, like, make love to her, like, really show his love for her. But there's no passion, there's no playing, there's no, like, like, funny, like sweet little touches,
1: no aggressiveness.
0: No, there's no variety to no. it at all. And she also mentioned how she doesn't masturbate. She really doesn't know what she likes sexually, or she has some ideas.
1: I think she mentioned passion. Well, and she just once she said she wanted to have sex with her boyfriend in a way that it felt like she was just sleeping with a fuck buddy. Right. Just a few times, just to like add some variety, add some fun into the bedroom, but he wasn't listening to her. Oh, that's right. And he said, oh, so you just want to be fuck buddies. Yeah. And she was like, no, I love you, but (laughs) I definitely love you. I want to have more fun. And there's nothing wrong with that.
0: And that's where we go back to the whole listening aspect is that you need to make sure that you and your partner are in a good headspace and that he really, he or she really understands what you mean by what you're saying. And a, a great way for you to do that is to show them, you know, if you're in the moment, if you're getting physical, Move their hands somewhere that, you know, they haven't done it before or say, I really like it when you put your hand in my hair or, you know, I really like it when you kiss my neck and bite my ear, you know, mm-hmm. something cute like that. Just guide them, make them think it's their idea.
1: Definitely make them think <laughs> it's their idea. That's the number one point. Yeah. And also if you're sleeping with someone and you're not enjoying it, don't sleep with them anymore. Don't sleep with them anymore. If you don't like it, you can stop. Always stop if you don't want to keep going. No one says they have to come because you don't ever get to come. Listen to yourself, listen to your body, do it until it feels good. And when it doesn't feel good anymore, stop. And if you're sleeping with someone or dating someone and you don't connect on that level, you know, there's always steps to take to try to, you know, mend the connection. But all in all, I think if you're not having good sex with someone, it's time to.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a really key point in a relationship is you really do need that sexual compatibility. And that's one thing that I is, I understand for religious reasons why people don't have sex before marriage. I understand that value and I respect that. But at the same time, I I know and I have studied that when you don't know someone sexually and you, you know, you may have all the love in the world for this person and want to give them everything. But when you have sex, it could feel like, you know, the key may fit in the lock, but the lock doesn't turn, you know, it doesn't open the door to new experiences. It might work, but it doesn't work for you. So I think that being open and honest with your partner, exploring each other sexually, it doesn't even have, you don't even have to have full penetrative sex, you know, penetrative, penetrative. if we're getting technical here, (laughs) you know, you lay together on the bed and make out for an hour and a half, touch each other, just you know, it doesn't have to be full sex. It doesn't have to be wild and crazy. Just introduce new things. Maybe go get a toy. Like, I have a fucking feather, you guys. A <laughs> feather. People go fucking crazy over that. And she doesn't write with it. I don't. I use it for tickles. Tickles. In the bedroom. Um, but just little things here and there can be fun. Dressing up can make it exciting. But as long as you're communicating with your partner, you know, what you want, most of the time you end up having a more more enjoyable time. And from personal experience, let me just say, when you teach a guy how you like to come or how you make yourself come, they love that shit. They go crazy for it. They want to know like how to make you happy most of the time. So if you're confident in how you feel, they'll be confident in making you feel the same way.
1: And also if they... like don't like being told what to do in the bedroom, and if they can't take what you say to heart, they have issues. They definitely have issues. they got lots of issues. That means they would rather be dominant, and
0: if they don't really care about your opinion, then it's not really a relationship. It's not love. mm Definitely not.
1: What it all boils down to in the end is, like, if, if you're connecting or not with your partner, um... I think it's just really important to listen to yourself, listen to your partner, listen to each other's feedback. Um, If you don't connect right off the bat, you still can connect. I think, um, like we said before, just knowing what you want, knowing what you like, knowing your body, knowing um, your sexual preferences is all super important in the dating world. Um, And if you guys have any feedback or questions for us or need some advice about your current situations, email us, mermaidcitybroad at gmail.com. DM us at Mermaid City Brads on Instagram. We're on Facebook and SoundCloud. You can shoot us a message there. Um, Whatever floats your boat. Whatever gets you going. Whatever gets you going, because we're going. All right, so we're going to wrap up this quick little episode for you guys
0: with a little game we like to call Deal Breakers. So in this game, we're going to talk about things that happen on a first date that might make you cringe or might make you
1: a little bit giddy. A little bit giddy. A little bit giddy. So the first one is when the guy or the girl or whomever you're on a date with says, we'll split the check.
0: Honestly, it's not a deal-breaker for me. That doesn't bother me.
1: Uh, well, unless... if It bothers me if they don't offer. Well, I guess that's, then they wouldn't save us with the check.
0: Yeah. I, I think for me, it's more of, if you asked me out on the date and you suggested the place we go and like you planned the date, I would assume that you would pay for the date. But if we were to say oh, let's just go get lunch or get dinner somewhere, and we both mutually, like, have a discussion and, like, d- agree on a place, then I think splitting the check is fine. But, like, if you invite me out and, and say, hey, you know, meet me here at this place at whatever time, I'm assuming that you're paying.
1: Well, and for me, also, if there's, like, a huge difference in income,
0: yeah, you sure. need to pay.
1: Like, I have mentioned on previous episodes how I dated that guy who had, like, a full-time job, marketing gig, and I was a student, and he never paid for anything.
0: Yeah, definitely take into consideration the income that your your partner is going to earn. However you meet them, I'm sure you know at least a little bit about them, so uh, don't offer to take me to a five-star restaurant on the first date unless you're going to pay, because I definitely can't. I'll get a water and maybe a green salad. A green salad. If I have to split it with you. As opposed
1: to a purple salad. (laughs) All right. So the next one is that perhaps towards the end of the date or maybe, you know, beginning or middle of the date, they say, so, uh, you want to get out of here? I love that. I don't.
0: That's a deal breaker for me. No, (laughs) don't just say, do you want to get out of here? I don't like that. That's not something sexy to me. That kind of, to me, that just breaks the charm.
1: I find it funny. I told Ali like an hour ago that uh, I was on a date a couple weeks ago, and he said, so uh, you want to go touch each other? And I thought that was so funny, and I loved it, and that's what happened. So, You touched each other a little bit? I mean. The full penetration. No. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, just a know. little bit. We'll never know. A little bit. No, for me, that's definitely um, – Okay, maybe not a deal breaker, but I don't like it. You know, I feel like if I'm going to get out of here with you, I feel like we already would have mutual, m- mutually decided it. And I would bring up something like, so do you want me to take you back to your place? Or I guess I'm going to head home now. And then the next part of the conversation would be like, or you could come over to my house for a drink.
1: Yeah. I think, Okay, I like that better. Yeah, it's, it's just better for
0: me. So do you want to get out of here just kind of implicitly is like, we're gonna fuck. And I like to think that if a guy's gonna invite me over, we could fuck, we could not. There's a little, there's still that little game going on the, the date, you know?
1: I don't mind it, but Allie does. Well, I'm sorry, it might just be a little more, <laughs> more a little more prudish. lady Ladylike. So, our third, um, possible deal breaker is the question of, what's your mom like? <laughs> Dead, um... <laughs> Allie is in a little bit of an unfortunate
0: situation. It's 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 something that happens. Death is a part of life. My mom passed away when I was a little girl. It's um, something that's made me stronger. I love her. She's with me every day. Uh, but if a guy were to ask me what my mother is like, I think that's definitely a deal breaker for me. I don't know. I mean, like, how would I describe it? She was uh, an amazing woman who did amazing things. But, like, why are you asking
1: me about my mama? Well, it's not, its not like, a deal breaker for me. I think, I mean, it is a conversation starter. And I definitely say, like, I say, like, what are your parents like? What do your parents do? Okay. But for me, almost every guy I've been with or dated has thought my mom was really hot.
0: Your mom is pretty hot. Thank you.
1: <laughs> mom, you're hot.
0: Mom, you're Shout. hot. Your daughter's also really hot.
1: Oh. So when they say, what's your mom like? It's just like, well, you're probably going to think she's hot, so let's just not talk about it.
0: Yeah, I, I always, it's such an awkward thing for me because as soon as I say that she's dead, everyone's like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm like, it's fine. Like I, I'm the one who deals with it. If I'm not out here acting all dramatic, I think it's okay. Uh, I would just prefer you don't ask me about my family on a first date. Honestly, it's it's weird. It's a little strange.
1: So the fourth one is, um, This is almost the number one deal breaker for me personally, but it's when they're rude to the waitstaff or bartender or anyone who works in the establishment in which you are currently in.
0: Definite deal breaker. If you don't treat the person who's serving us with respect and you don't leave at least 18%, 20, I I say 18, 15% for really bad service. And if it's like normal and regular service, 20 and above.
1: Yeah. I've been on dates where um I didn't pay and I know that they didn't tip well at all so I've left more ec- I've left at least 5 dollars extra on the table even if I thought they were a bad server if you're if they were polite I'll tip but um I've done that a couple times on dates and the guy hated it really yeah well, he got mad like offended. That's a, uh, like why would you do that? Like I tipped her and I'm like, well you didn't tip her well enough. So, that makes I'm gonna it a double her.
0: deal breaker, basically. Yeah. It's like you're getting mad at me for throwing in for the waitress who just spent an hour and a half like taking care
1: of us. Mm-hmm. No. No. Let her make her money. Yeah. Nope. All right, so the number 1 deal breaker for me is interrupting me when I speak what about you. I
0: Interrupting me when I speak, to me, can be a big deal if I'm speaking about something that, that I consider important, but I don't usually get into super deep topics on the first date. So, some deep topics I do get into, but but if somebody interrupts me and it's on the same wavelength of what I'm talking about, if it's if it's relevant to the conversation or if it's something that I can build off of, it doesn't really bother me, but if I'm in the middle of like an explanation and someone
1: just starts talking uh, th- yeah i don't like that well it's fine if it's like once or twice um but i don't like being interrupted to the extent where like i'm clearly not done with my sentence and you just start talking about something else um and if it's all the time that's yeah incredibly annoying definitely deal breaker and if they don't recognize that they're doing it like it, i seldom interrupt people and when i do i'm like i did not mean to interrupt you i'm so sorry um, I make it a point not to interrupt people. I like to let people finish their thought because I know that I hate it so much. But, um, I mean, I was saying earlier today, um, we were meeting up with a friend
0: of ours and I, I mentioned how my personality is very, um, back and forth. Like I'm not ADD. I'm not ADHD. I can pay attention when I absolutely need to. But if I'm in a conversation with somebody, I, I tend to notice most things around me and, i might lose focus for a minute but i usually am always able to like go right back to what we're talking about but i I don't think i necessarily interrupt when it's important like if i can see that the conversation has a little bit of meaning like i will let that person finish their thought for sure
1: exactly all right um the next on our list is honking when they're picking you up instead of walking to the door fuck no no. I don't want a text that says,
0: here. I don't want you to honk your horn twice at me. No. Come and knock on my door and come get me. Yep.
1: And if you can't get up into my apartment, go as far as you can. And say, hey, I'm at the door. Come down whenever you're ready. Right. Or like, hey, come let me in and we'll go when you want to go. Honking is just rude. It's disgusting.
0: It's honestly, I gross. just, like, it's like, what what lack of respect for me do you have where I live the street is right there. If you're honking, you could be some fucking car in in another parking lot that I don't know anything about. Yeah. How am I supposed to know that a honk means, oh, your date is here. Let's go have a great time.
1: (laughs) One of my high school boyfriends, uh, picked me up and obviously I was still living at home, picks me up, honks. My mom hears it and she goes, did he just honk? And I said, yeah, like He's here, like, I'm going, by, And she was like, no, you do not walk out that door. She said, you call him and you tell him to walk his ass up here. Shout out to the moms
0: and dads that let us know that men or women need to come to the door to get you on your way out for a date. Sorry, guys. Yeah, my dad definitely, my high school boyfriend one time honked the horn and my dad goes, you just sit and wait here. I said, okay, I'm just going to text him to come to the door. He said, don't, don't open your phone. Mm -mm. So he honked again and my dad goes, do I need to go get my fucking shotgun?" I
1: was like, no, you don't my get your shotgun.
0: And I don't know why you just went from zero to 60, but he eventually understood and came to the door. So men, women, don't honk your horn. No just honking. No, and no texting.
1: Just come get me. Okay, so this next one is a little bit OCD of me. I don't know about Allie, but I would, it's not really a deal breaker, but it really ticks me off, um, is when they hold their fork wrong or like shovel food into their mouth. Because <laughs> like they're cavemen. in my household growing up, If we didn't have our napkin in our lap, fork in the right hand, holding it the right way, cutting our food the right way, we had to start over.
0: Honestly, my dad was the same way. You know, if I didn't hold hold my fork right, if I scraped my knife against the plate, if I did anything, you know, it wasn't extreme etiquette, but it was... Normal, proper, the way to eat your food. But if you hold your fork, like it's a fucking spear with your whole fist around it and you stab your food and then you shovel it into your mouth. It's not cute. It's ugly. There was this guy and well, not guy. He, he was uh, one of my childhood friends growing up. He had a little crush on me. Now I have a little crush on him. It's all good. (laughs) So he he went to like law school in some other uh, city, but him and his dad were like twins when they used to eat. My dad would invite them over. We had steak, like steak and potatoes, like every Sunday. And they would come over, and me and my dad would just share glances across the table watching my friend and my dad's friend just tear up that steak like it was oh. the last meal they would ever eat. And it was just so unappetizing. Like no knife involved, just chewing. <laughs> Sorry, Brayden. You know I love you.
1: Ah. <laughs> um, so this next one is texting on a date. I don't fuck with or it. Or taking a phone call. If it's, if you know it's urgent or if they call, like, you let it go for the first couple times and you're still getting phone calls, go ahead, take it, but like, just let me know. Yeah. A phone call
0: is okay as long as you're like, oh, excuse me for a second, and the phone call doesn't last more than five minutes. That's yeah. fine. Texting back and forth is definitely a no for me. Send a text that says, Hey, I'm out. I'll text you later.
1: Yeah. Or just be like, Hey, I'm really sorry. Just one second. I got a text back. But if I'm talking and you're on your phone, I'm just going to stop. And I, I do that. If you're, if I'm telling you something and you're clearly not listening, I say, I'll wait. Oh yes. Yeah. That's so good. I'll and wait. they're like, Oh, I'm sorry. Like keep going. I'm like, no, it's okay. I'll, I'll wait. Go. I'll wait until you're
0: done. Until you're done paying attention to this other thing. I'm not here to talk to myself. Definitely not. Yeah." I do that enough. (laughs) Uh,
1: This next one that is a big deal breaker is getting too drunk.
0: I want to say it's a deal breaker, but I already know that if I said that I'd be a hypocrite. On a first date – It's probably a deal breaker if you're getting too drunk.
1: I mean, I'm a hypocrite, too, for saying that, but...
0: But, I mean, like, I've done it. Like, I've gotten a little too drunk on on a first date, but I was able to control myself. And, like, I knew, like, I recognized. I was like, oh, shit, like, I'm a little more buzzed than I thought I would be. Like, Mm -hmm. I've got to stop, and then I'll, you know, drink some water. But if a guy is, like, out with me, and he's just starting to act,
1: like, kind of obscene, I...
0: Definitely think that's a deal breaker.
1: I guess if they get too drunk and they can handle themselves, it's fine. But no shouting. Mm -mm. No being overtly sexual.
0: No, that's something I definitely don't like.
1: If you can't drive home and I end up having to drive your ass home. Deal breaker.
0: Definite deal breaker.
1: No. Anyway. Okay. So the last one we have is when when your date asks you a question and then you start to respond and they either stop listening or they turn the conversation back on what they previously said. Deal breaker. Deal big. Be- deal bit be- breaker. Big be- break breaker. Dig, 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 dig. <laughs> big deal breaker for me. I hate
0: yeah. that. I don't like circular conversations. I like conversations to go further. I like them to progress naturally. Um, and if you're the one who's asking me a question, please don't turn it back on you.
1: Yeah, I don't like that. I don't care. Like I'm a great listener, and typically on dates, that's what's happened. That's what's happened. I cannot talk today, guys. Oh my god. <laughs> Typically on dates, that's what happens, is I just kind of sit back and let them talk. And I ask questions. I'm a really good question asker. But if you can't reciprocate that mm-hmm. and you can't show any interest in me, I'm not going to go out with you again. That's boring. Like,
0: I'm not here just to hear about you. Like, yeah. I don't I don't really... want to sit here talking about myself for an hour and a half, but I also don't want to sit here and just listen about you for an hour and a half. I want to just, it be mutual, to it be fun and relaxed and to have good conversation.
1: Exactly. Alright guys, so that was Deal Breakers for y'all. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Um, Be sure to catch our next episode next week. We have a super amazing awesome guest that we're super excited about. Um, We won't release the name because... He's like a local celeb. He's a little local celeb, but
0: uh, we're really into what he's doing, and uh, we're kind of on the same wavelength when it comes to business, and honestly, to dating and relationships, so uh, get a little bit excited. We're going to talk about uh, dating as millennials and open relationships and uh, dating multiple people, kind of polyamory, stuff like that, Um, but we really hope you guys enjoy this episode. Please make sure to leave a five star rating, leave a review, share us with your friends on your stories, um, send us text messages, give us feedback, share your stories about first dates, all of that stuff. We want to hear it. Um, I think that's it. We love you guys so much.
1: Love you guys. Thank Thanks you so again. much for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.